Welcome back to the Hemingway List podcast for Book 15, Chapter 6. The first day of the Battle of Krasnoe seems to be the same as any other day of pursuit. How go your think? How do you think the battle will play out? And what do you think of Kutuzov's speech and his visible emotions afterwards? And why do you think Kutuzov is so moved by the French prisoners? Karakika says there is this idea that it is actually hard for a person to kill another person that they have compassion for. So in order to conjure the demeanor you need to fight, you have the to other the opponent. You have to see them as different than you. Lesser or worse and thus worthy of being killed. This is a scene where any semblance of French otherness is dropped. We see them as pathetic humans that they are. I think it is serving Tolstoy's purpose in showing why a wholesale slaughter of these unfortunate men wasn't taken up by Kutuzov. Twisted every way, says, I would imagine as a high-ranking military officer, it is not prudent... <coughs> Excuse me. It is not prudent to show much emotion. I think everything has finally caught up with Kutuzov and it all came out when he gave his speech. An FTLP once says, Kutuzov feeling all the things. The Russian soldiers were able to pass out those mixed messages much better than me. Alright, there we go. Another conversation for you and time now to read chapter 7, which goes like this. When the troops reached their night's halting place on the 8th of November, the last day of the Krasnoe's battle, it was already growing dusk. All day it had been calm and frosty, with occasional lightly falling snow, and toward evening it began to clear. Through the falling snow a purple, black and starry sky showed itself, and the frost grew keener. An infantry regiment which had left Tarotino 3,000 strong, but now numbered only 900, was one of the first to arrive that night at its halting place, a village on the high road. The quartermasters who met the regiment announced that all the huts were full of sick and dead Frenchmen, cavalrymen and members of the staff. There was only one hut available for the regimental commander. The commander rode up to his hut. The regiment passed through the village and stacked its arms in front of the last huts. Like some huge many-limbed animal, the regiment began to prepare its lair and its food. One part of it dispersed and waded knee-deep through the snow into a birch forest to the right of the village, and immediately the sound of axes and swords, the crashing of branches, and merry voices could be heard from there. Another section amid the regiment took wagons and horses, which were standing in a group, was busy getting out cauldrons and rye biscuit and feeding the horses. A third section scattered through the village, arranging quarters for the staff officers, carrying out the French corps, corpses, that were in the huts and dragging away boards, dry wood and thatch from the roofs for the campfires or wattle fences to serve for shelter. Some fifteen men with merry shouts were shaking down the high wattle wall of a shed, the roof of which had already been removed. Now then altogether, shove, cried the voices, and the huge surface of the wall sprinkled with snow and creaking with frost was seen swaying in the gloom of the night. The lower stakes cracked more and more, and at last the wall fell, and with it the men who had been pushing it. Loud coarse laughter and joyous shouts ensued. Now then, catch hold in twos, hand up the lever. That's it. Where are you showing to? 
now altogether, but wait a moment, boys, with a song. All stood silent, and a soft, pleasant, velvety voice began to sing at the end of the third verse. As the last note died away, twenty voices roared out at once, Ooh, 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 that's it altogether. Heave away, boys. But despite their united efforts, the wattle hardly moved, and in the silence that followed, the heavy breathing of the men was audible. Here you are of the six company, devils that you are. Lend a hand, will you? You want, you may want us one of these days. Some twenty men of the six company who were on their way into the village joined the haulers and the wattle wall, which was about thirty-five feet long and seven feet high, moved forward along the village street, swaying, pressing upon and cutting the soldiers, sorry, the shoulders of the gasping men. Get along, falling. What are you stopping for? There now. Merry, senseless words of abuse flowed freely. What are you up to? Suddenly came the authoritative voice of a sergeant major who came upon the men who were hauling their burden. There are gentry here. The general himself is in that hut. And you foul-mouthed devils, you brutes. I'll give it to you, shouted he, hitting the first man who came in his way, a swinging blow in the back. Can't you make less noise? The men became silent. The soldier who had been struck groaned and wiped his face, which had been scratched till it bled by his falling against the wattle. There, how the devil hits out. He's made my face all bloody, said he in a frightened whisper when the sergeant major had passed on. Don't you like it, said a laughing voice, and moderating their tones, the men moved forwards. When they were out of the village, they began talking again as loud as before, interlarding their talk with the same aimless expletives. In the hut which the men had passed, the chief officers had gathered and were in animated talk over their tea about the events of the day, and the manoeuvres suggested for tomorrow. It was proposed to make a flank march to the left, cut off the vice-king, Murat, and capture him. By the time the soldiers had dragged the wattle fence to its place, the campfires were blazing on all sides, ready for cooking. The wood crackled, the snow was melting, and black shadows of soldiers flitted to and fro all over the occupied space where the snow had been trodden down. Axes and choppers were plied all around. Everything was done without any orders being given. Stores of wood were brought for the night, shelters were rigged up for the officers, cauldrons were being boiled and muskets and accoutrements put in order. The wattle wall the men had brought was set up in a semicircle by the 8th company as a shelter from the north propped up by musket rests and a campfire was built before it. They beat the tattoo, called the roll, had supper and settled down round the fires for the night some repairing their footgear, some smoking pipes, and some stripping themselves naked to steam the lice out of their shirts. Alrighty, there we go. Another chapter for you. It's good to see an army acting like an army for once. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll see you tomorrow.